Kiora Koto, we're Jen and Jane, co-founders and online business coaches at Jen and Jane's Excellent Adventure. And this is your Excellent Adventure podcast. We're on a mission to help women strengthen their relationship with money, boundaries, and owning their CEO space. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into business strategies, mindset, and truth-telling about the areas of business ownership we rarely speak out loud. You'll find lots of swearing, lots of laughter, tips and tricks, and insightful coaching questions. And you'll leave feeling confident to tackle the roller coaster that is business. We're so glad you're here. Are you feeling a bit stuck or lost? Want to try something new and don't know really where to start? Or feel you're missing something in your business that everyone else has magically figured out? You're not alone, friends. We're going to walk you through four areas in business that we all struggle with. And we're going to share some real-world experiences that will help you bypass Struggle Street and keep you in CEO space for good. If you need a bit of realignment and direction in your business, this episode is for you. Welcome or welcome back. (laughs) If you listened to episode one, well done, you came back. If you didn't, you need to go and listen. We are here today to talk about some areas of business that we all struggle with. If you're sitting there thinking, oh God, it's just me. It ain't just you. (laughs) Jen and I have struggled with all of this stuff at some point and are still struggling with some of this stuff. If you recognize some of these things that pop up, you are not alone. So Jennifer, you see, Jennifer, it's always, (laughs) it sounds very serious. What would you say are some of the areas that you've really struggled with that have come up for you in our time of business together oh probably systems funny enough we teach it but I would say building (laughs) systems that work for both of us building systems for a business that we are very much even though we're in two two years now very much still in trial and error and building sustainable systems for us, it's probably the biggest struggle is figuring out what is the best way that we can manage our time, use our time, but also what systems can help us the most, especially with automation and making sure everything is the same every time we do it. That's probably, I would say, the biggest struggle. When you say systems, what does that word mean to you? Because we always ask this when we do this in workshops, like, and we do lots of content around systems. People do get very confused as to what that actually means when it comes to business. But what does it mean when you say we struggle with systems and our brains work very differently? (laughs) Yes, very much. A system is basically a whole bunch of things that work together for an output. Your phone is actually a system. The way that we make our coffee in the morning is a system. And what happens is if we don't create systems that work the same every single time we do something, that's where it leads to a lot of manual work, a lot of different answers every single time we do something. There's not a similar outcome every single time you do something. Let's say you want to onboard a client. So you can have a system to onboard a client. And that involves probably a a project management tool. It obviously involves you. It involves a process. What process do you take your client through? And it'll probably include automation tools. All of that together is an onboarding your client's system. What I mean by that is the systems help you achieve an outcome of whatever you're doing, the same output or the same result every single time you do it. 
That's what I mean by systems. Is it sounds quite robotic, but it's extremely important when you're building a business because you want to be able to rely on your systems to help you run your business. Because if you don't have systems, you are the business, and that's where yeah. we have the struggle. And then we we know obviously our clients have had the struggle. Our group coaching students have had the struggle. Lots of people have that struggle because they can't remove themselves from a lot of the work and they don't know how to implement systems that help them do the work. Yes. I think for me, systems is a big part for me. We've got goals, but I think what we do is we write goals for the year and then we go straight into the work and we often mm. forget to come back to what is it we're trying to do here. Mm. We are really good at going the end result is this, but I think sometimes that end result seems so far away that you just end up getting into the day-to-day -day mm. stuff and then you're like, hang on a minute. What, what is it we're actually trying to do here? Does this lead to one of our things was working with X amount of women and making X amount of money? Just sometimes forgetting that that is a thing that should be in front of our faces all the time. Mm -hmm. If if you're listening to this and you're like, oh God, I do get caught up in the day to day. We all do it because I think sometimes unless it's stuck like on your computer or it's at your workplace and you look at it every day, it's easy for our brains to just get into what is it I'm doing today? And, oh God, we need to make some money or, oh God, I've got to get that thing out the door or what is the reason why we're doing certain things? Always stuff to work on. And, and it's not sexy, right? But it's really interesting because when we talk about systems, everyone goes, oh, it's all not sexy. But actually systems are usually the thing that people say, I'm so glad you talked about that <laughs> in a program or, in, or when we've been in a session together because they are so critically important to mm -hmm. the things we do because yeah. they keep us on track. They make us feel safe. They are something that you can go back to when you're a bit what's going on. I'm gonna I'm gonna get t-shirts that say systems are sexy and hand them out <laughs> to everybody. You wanna basically just start a merch store. Oh, <laughs> actually, that's what's gonna happen. What are some of the things what are some of the areas that our clients struggle with that comes up over and over and over? Money is massive. It's pricing their offers. A lot of the times we see people trying to price themselves hourly when and in reality you're a business owner you're not a, you're not an employee or you're not somebody that works hourly in your business that's a real mental struggle is getting around the you don't have to price yourself hourly and understanding how to actually allow themselves to think big to dream yeah. big that's probably the one that boggles my mind the most is how small we play, how small we think, how small we act. And I think that's a real big struggle for women, especially here in New Zealand, to think that they can be or do or act or feel big and out of the box. You don't have to keep yourself small. You don't have to keep yourself middle of the road. You can jump out of that box that society and everybody else likes to keep you in. I would say money, pricing, but also the mental aspect of dreaming or being bigger than they are. There's a, there's a yeah. lot of hes hesitancy and, and stalling in, in those conversations when we bring that up. Yeah. Money is huge. A question of, oh, can I do that? When it's either n not been something that they've ever considered mm. or simply pushed down that you have to like kind of peel back all the layers again to go, well, what is it you're actually wanting? What is that something you want? We see it everywhere, especially in the service-based market where people are putting out products 
I mean, digital products. And as they might have been in business for not very long, here's everything in my brain for $15. Go yeah. for your lives. Hang on. <laughs> whoa, whoa there. One, you're doing yourself a disservice, but you're also doing the sector a disservice by saying, it's all right, team. Come and get everything that's in my brain and that I've spent money on for 15 bucks. Go for your lives. Actually, just stop and think, is this something you are happy with putting that out there? Will you kick yourself in two days when you've done that? We've done a lot of research around this. We've talked about it so much in programs that we've said, if you see something out there for $15, what does your mind think of? And everyone goes that it's cheap or it's not good. Or that mm. I don't really necessarily want to buy it. Lots of other people will also think that. Being able to just stop and think about what is it you you dream of and what's been deeply hidden away for so long. For me, it's that expanding out and going too big. You see it everywhere. <gasps> God, oh my God, it's too big. And getting frozen in the everything's so massive that I just can't do anything. I'm just going to go and scroll social media. I had a conversation yesterday with a friend who just had gone big with everything and was so frightened of putting anything out there. And we asked, what's the smallest thing you can do? And that statement had been disregarded as, well, what's the point in doing something mm, small? Yep. That's pretty typical, isn't it? Because you think that we equate big to success and small to not successful or not important. And we all know that celebrating your small wins actually does lead to big breakthroughs. But for those that don't, that aren't in our bubble, that don't understand celebrating small wins or thinking small, it is probably one of your biggest skills to learn is bringing the self-awareness of when you go big and that overwhelm starts to set in because when you're thinking of a big project or say, for instance, we want to start, for example, a new course, we want to do a new online course and we want a hundred women to sign up. When I say that, holy shit, that's a lot of women and it's a lot of work. And then I go and I want it to be a six month course where we live drip it, have weekly calls, see how big that starts to feel. Mm. And then it's, oh, it's going to be a six month program. We've got to do the launch. We've got to do I start this. thinking about Asana lists. <laughs> My brain explodes. We've got to do the workflow. We've got to do the graphics. We've got to do the website. We've got to set up our online course stuff. We've got to do the content. We've got to blah, blah, blah. All this stuff immediately sets you into overwhelm and I don't want to do it. I don't want to do this course now. Instead of focusing on the impact and the results that we could achieve and help these women and the results that they would get, instead of looking at that, we're looking at all the work that needs to yeah. be done for this program. When in reality, we need to be able to say, okay, when we have that overwhelm trigger of thinking of doing something new or a big project, when we start to feel that overwhelm build up, that trigger needs to then say, what is the first small step that I can take towards this big project? And continue to ask yourself that every single time. Because if you don't, you'll get into this overwhelm and then you won't start. Then you'll avoid it and you'll go scroll on social media or do whatever you do to avoid things. And then that project that you've wanted to do gets put on the back burner for years and years and years. Yeah because you've made it too big. I see it every day. I see it every single day. I hear it every single day. Oh, I don't have time. Oh, I've wanted to do this course, or I've wanted to add this to my business, or I've really wanted to actually go back to school, or I've wanted to do blah, blah, blah. People are denying themselves 
their dreams and their next steps because they cannot break it down into small steps. And then what we do is we continue to do work that we hate. We continue to do stuff that's really comfortable and easy, even though we might hate it. We continue to be paid shit money for doing shit work that we hate that's shit. And we just Mm -hmm. feel shit. It should have been called (laughs) the shitty areas of shit business. (laughs) But we do. And we just perpetuate that cycle instead of going, what is the smallest thing? And let's just calm the fuck down a little bit. Mm. I think what we also do is because we see online this flow of people launching products, launching courses, launching, I'm doing a launch, launch, launch. You think that you have to have everything ready within four and a half minutes. (laughs) Oh my God. When actually those people will have been working on those things for months, for years, potentially. There was a quote I saw yesterday and it was, don't compare your day one to somebody else's day 100. And it's so rude. Stop looking at other people's shit and putting Mm. yourself in the place of that. Where are you right now? What can you do right now? Because otherwise you just go, oh, it's not ready. And you literally had the thought about it, doing it over breakfast this morning. And now mm. what? It's three hours later and you haven't done it. Yeah. Well, whoa, Nelly, please, team. <laughs> let's well, let's slow that all down a bit. If yeah. people are going to that overwhelm or really struggling in the business, where do you think they should start? Miro, we talked in that last episode about keeping it simple and that thing of really really reminding ourselves one about why we're doing something what are we doing this for what is the point of is it just to add another thing or actually is it the thing that's going to be hard and uncomfortable but there's a real reason somewhere in the planning of this thing I to go to having that somewhere where I can see it results of doing this thing for me are this and then starting to work backwards instead of okay what's the first task I have to do let's go It's actually, what is the result of that? And how can that work backwards in terms of time frame, in terms of money we want to make, in terms of how we want to feel while we're doing it? Getting a lot of that stuff out of your head and down for me is really, really helpful. So that then when we're going through this process where we do get overwhelmed or we do get slightly, oh God, I've got a lot of work to do. I can go back to that and actually visually see, oh, there's a reason why I'm doing this. There's a reason why this equals this equals this equals Mm. that thing at the end. What about you? That's what you mean, setting goals. Understanding how to connect the tasks that you want to jump into straight away with the end result that you want to have. And goals don't have to be revenue. They don't have to be attached to any type of money goal. They can be impact. They can be new communities built. They can be connections created. They don't have to be... I need to make 100K in three days. I want to make $50,000 on this launch. You don't have to have that if you don't want to. For us, that's a nice goal, but I'd also say I'm a high achiever, so I enjoy those type of goals. And I don't get upset anymore if we don't reach them because business is business. We did goals in one of our programs, Destination CEO, teaching these women how to actually establish goals and make them fun and make them for their business, not just what everybody else wants. And what we realized is a lot of people, one, don't know how to set goals, don't don't understand goals, take their goals from what they've seen as normal or part of their industry or what they see online. It doesn't come from them. 
It comes from what they see. Goals, as much as it is a simple thing to do, we attach so many different dynamics to goals that we make it harder than it really needs to be. And then we realize, oh, these goals aren't what I want. It's what everybody else wants or what I see I've seen as rated as success online. And then we get halfway through creating whatever you're creating. You actually, this isn't what I want to achieve, (laughs) what I want to do. And then you realign your goals. This happens all the time. We've done it several times is you start out with a goal in mind. And then once you start doing the work that connects to that goal, you realign what works for your business and you, but also realigns to that impact or result that you want. And that can change and that's okay. I think that's a really big thing to remind people is your goals will change and that's okay. It will always be okay because you are at all times, if you are self-aware, realigning to what you truly want. And that's one of the coolest and greatest things I think of business ownership is at any time you get to change what you need to change to get where you want to go. Oh, there's a soundbite right there. If anybody makes podcasts, <laughs> you hear soundbites all over the place. I also need a bell for top tip number one. That thing about goals that you said, do not have, when we say to people, your goal could be to have impact, to make somebody's day better, five people's day better. And people are like, that could be a goal. You can make that shit up. You get to decide. And also, You get to change it as it goes along. We write these goals on January the 1st. Halfway through January, you can go, do you know what? I need to change that up a little bit. Or actually, Mm. that's not what I wanted. Goals are very misunderstood. Mm. Yes. Really misunderstood. And also, they make most people feel really guilty because, oh God, I set this goal on January Mm. the 1st and now it's March and I haven't even looked at it. They're not there to make you feel guilty. They're there to tie you to something that's deeply aligned with how you feel about your work, how you feel about the world, how you feel about the way you want to be in business. I like to see them as like lovely thing that keeps me connected to what it is I believe in. Say, for example, you really believed in not using coffee cups and your goal was to use no coffee cups during the year. When you go to a cafe and you forget your keep cup and then you have a coffee and a takeaway cup, there's a feeling in your body that goes, oh, this isn't aligned with. It's the same thing for your business. Just being nudged that that goal is there to remind you that it's aligned with what it is that you believe in. That's it. Yep. And being able to understand that by defining what you want, it's easier for you to do the work. Instead of saying, my goal is to impact people, what does that mean? That is a blanket statement. That's not a goal. (laughs) Being able to define what you truly want is also probably one of the hardest and most important things to do. When you go to connect that work that you need to do to hit that goal, you have no idea where to start because where do you start when you say, I want to impact people? Well, what the fuck does that mean? Where the yeah, fuck do you totally. start with that? You've got to define what that goal is in a way that's very easy to know what is a small step you can take towards that. Very, yes, very easy. Totally. And shameless, non-shameless plug. That is where coaching mm. and having somebody to help you, whether that's a mentor or a coach or even a friend, 
can ask you, what the fuck does that mean? Because <laughs> otherwise you set off on this, I want to make humanity a better thing. Instantly, you're on this path that has no meaning to what, what you're doing in the day. And mm. you instantly go and do something else. Where somebody else can help you is to really, really peel back. What does that mean in terms of day-to-day work that then comes from that? What does that mean when you're having you're having a shitty month and you've totally forgotten about it? What can you go back to? Thinking that one statement and not having anybody else look at it is yeah. a surefire way to never achieving the things that you want to achieve. Mm. You cannot do this stuff on your own. And also on the opposite side of that, saying this goal out loud to someone else or a coach puts that stake in the sand, doesn't it? That yep. this is what you truly want to do. And through our coaching sessions, we've seen this is, well, I really want to build my business or I really want to get away from the day to day. Okay. That's awesome. But what can you define what getting away from the day to day is? Can you define what building your business is to you? Because when I think of building my business, it will be completely different to what you think is building your business. And totally allowing yourself to actually do the work that's needed to get there doesn't come easy when you haven't defined it for yourself. That leads really lovely into the whole discussion about systems because Mm. your removing day-to-day will be so different to mine. Mine is the removing the having to do social media, the having to do emails. That is removing the day-to-day for me. I can constantly work on building the business, actually looking at how we want to feel in the business, what the impact is on those people. Your day-to-day might be removing something completely different to what it is to me. Really, really thinking about that as a systematic thing in your business that you constantly go back to is helpful. When we talk about systems, what is a really good thing that it helps with? And it begins with the letter R. Well, it's reactiveness. Definitely. Without systems, you are your business. When something comes up or people want to get a hold of your business or you hear that ding on your phone for a notification or you've got to put 75 fires out, you are always the person that has to do it. Imagine again, let's go back to that example that I said earlier with onboarding a client or even onboarding a team member. Let's look at the reactive way of doing this. If a team member is going to start in two weeks, a reactive way is for them to show up in two weeks on that day and you say, right, okay, let's let's go take a tour of the shop. Let me show you the inventory. Let's introduce you here. Oh, hold on. We've got people to serve at the, the front. Oh, my phone goes off. Oh, I've got this email to write. Hold on. Can you hold on real quick? I've got to do this, this, this. What kind of fucking training is that? What kind of introduction to your business is that? This is going to sound a little bit spicy, but such a disrespectful way to spend somebody's time, especially when you want them to come in and take work off of your plate and also come back the next day (laughs) and be a part of your business and truly believe in what you're doing and enrolling them into your company culture, even if it's just you. That's a very reactive way to onboard someone. Same with a client. If you do not prepare or walk them through an onboarding process and you show up on day one, you need logins to their stuff. You need to know 
the the background of their business. You need access to certain tools that they use. Again, that's reactive work that you have to do on the day that they start with you that could have been done well in advance without you being a part of it. And then you could have started on the work the first day with that client having the best onboarding experience, knowing exactly what you're going to do on the first day. And this is what I mean by systems eliminates that reactivity. It eliminates the haphazardness of trying to do things on the fly. And it also reduces emotions and environmental factors. On the day that, say, your team member is going to start, you could have the website down you could have a snow blizzard. You could have another team member not show up for work. You could have all of these things going on. Maybe you got zero sleep the night before and you have all these things that could happen, but you have to show up for day one because you didn't give them anything before they started. You did not put them through a process before they started. And I see this again. I see this every single day, every single day. And it's frustrating on both ends. And It doesn't allow a business owner to take things off their plate. And that's why people don't add new arms to their business, don't hire when they need to. They hire well after they need to. So it is going to be a reactive experience. Same with clients forgetting or not understanding that the first few experiences of a client sets up the feelings and that actual experience for them. If we're going to start in two weeks and you don't talk to me until that day, or we go back and forth in email, when can you, what's a good time for you to start? Oh, I've got Friday at three to five. And then there's 75 emails back and forth and you've wasted half a day figuring out when a client should start with you. Systems are, for me, they're everything. They, they set such awesome boundaries, but they also just take so much off of your plate when you get the support and the help to set them up correctly. When I think of, if I went to a dictionary and I looked at reactivity, it literally would say starting from fucked. If it's the start of the month and you're thinking of things to do, that is reactivity. You you are literally going through your head. I used to keep, how did I do this? I used to keep everything that I had to do in my head. All the projects were in my head and I wasn't overwhelmed with them and I had a lot of work to do, but I would just literally think of, right, I've got that to do and that to do and that to do, and then just roll through them and then work on the next lot and the next lot and the next lot. Mm -hmm. But I would just be either repeating, it was systematic, but it was just in my head. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, at no point was that ever getting better or Mm -hmm. was it getting quicker Or was it getting easier for me to understand? Because I was starting from a place of, oh, what am I doing today? And that that feeling of getting things in a place where you just look and open and start and know that that work leads to something is, it's the golden ticket in in Willy Wonka. It really is. I just think there are the excuse of, oh, that's just the way I do it. And I don't know how another way to do it. There is literally a tool Mm. for everything that you need Mm. to make things quicker and easier for you. There's literally a YouTube video for every single thing you ever want to learn. It's the the use of not making this a priority. And I'd say, yes, I am a tools freak. I love to find tools. I'm always trying and testing new tools to help automate or template things. But 
Before you even get to a tool, you need to know your processes and how you do things first. We've made this mistake of jumping into tools and using them before we build our processes. What it is, it's the same as looking at a project. Instead of looking at it from a business point of view and looking at it strategically from top down, we look at it from an employee point of view as in what's the work that needs to be done. It's the same thing with systems. Instead of looking at what tools do I need now, it's what parts of my business are processes that can be automated, can be templated, even can be deleted. Do I need to be doing some of the stuff that I'm doing first? Because we need to figure out what are the steps that you take to do a specific task or process in your business And then breaking those down and seeing how you can template and automate them and then look at how a tool can help you do that. Because if you start from tool first, you are forcing yourself to do work based on how that tool operates, not how your business operates. And this happens all the time. We've done it. We have absolutely done it as well. But it's really important. And I think this is where a lot of people struggle is because one, they don't see themselves as a business owner. They go straight into the employee mindset of doing tasks. What needs to get done? You said all in your head, what what needs to be done today? When in reality, you need to look at, okay, what do I do in my business? Okay, I'm a service provider and I do brand strategy or graphic design or I'm a caterer. What are all the things that you do to make your business operate? And then you need to write processes for those and then look for the tools that can help you automate almost all of that process. That's how systems take the work off your plate for good, not for just a week, for good. And then what happens with that is by creating a process and then using a tool to help you automate that, your customer or client or team member, every single person that goes through that process has the exact same experience. And that is why systems are so damn important because you want people to have the exact same experience and outcome every single time. I'll raise our hand right now. That's what we struggle with is our processes at the moment. We're working on them, but that's definitely an area of business that we are definitely working on, which for me is exciting, but Jane said systems aren't sexy. Maybe we can try and make them. Make them sexy. So Jennifer, next up, money, 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 money. We could talk about money all day and the intricacies of it. We've dipped into the whole thing about pricing and charging. But I think that thing of how you feel about money is directly linked to how much you make, how you feel about it, how you turn up, show up, put things out there. I said to somebody this weekend, actually, who'd launched a new program, where are your prices? I cannot see your prices. And it was, oh, I was going to put those on after when I've launched properly. I'm like, no, no, no. It's the first thing people want to know. The first Mm -hmm. thing I looked for was where is it? And I had this massive thing to scroll down to try and find. And it was nowhere. And it was like, oh, really, really good reminder. And I'm glad you asked that because she's like, it is the first thing that people ask. Another reminder for you, if you need it, that if you're putting stuff out there, Being really transparent about what you charge can Mm -hmm. feel really uncomfortable at the start. It can. But actually, the response we've had from people around the fact that we put stuff totally out there blatantly for people to see has been so positive. I don't have to search for it. I don't have to look for it. 
I, as a business owner, can then allow adults, we're talking about adults, to make their own decision about whether they buy the thing I've put out there. I really, truly believe what we are doing is we're basically saying to adults, you are not old enough to make the decision about whether or not you can afford my thing. I'm going to keep you and save you from that bit of information so that you then have to ask me later or find it somewhere hidden so you can then make the decision. Give adults the goddamn autonomy to make their own decisions about whether they want to buy your thing. Because otherwise it pisses me off because it makes me feel you're trying to, you're trying to like save me from something and go, it's all right. I don't want to make you feel bad because you can't afford my thing. No, no, that's not for you to decide. That's Mm. for me to decide whether or not I want to spend my money or can spend my money on. I feel the complete opposite. When somebody doesn't show their prices, I think they're trying to force me into a conversation that I don't want to be a part of. Right. Okay. I think it's a very forced situation where somebody's going to say, okay, inquire here and then start a ridiculously long email correspondence and then jump on a call or jump on a zoom or meet for coffee, whatever it's going to be. And then force me into a conversation and pricing that I didn't have the budget for anyways. I just wasted literally two weeks trying to sort this out. I find it quite annoying. Also, if I can't find prices, I won't hire you. Next. I did so much research around website designers and I could write a whole book on how annoying that process was because you'd have people straight up have it done. Boom. Awesome. So I saved those websites and those companies, the amount of good website designers that had their pricing and examples versus ones that didn't were like three compared to 50. And it's such an annoying, wasted time when in reality, you can just say starting from prices. You don't have to give me a final price. You can say starting from. And I look at it as either you're trying to force me into a conversation that I don't want to be a part of. I just want to know if it's in my budget. Two, you're actually scared to put your prices out there and you're terrified your competitors are going to be looking at your prices and going to charge $5 less. That's like a whole nother money mindset conversation. I find it really frustrating as a business owner when I'm trying to possibly hire somebody, how hard it is to actually hire somebody. The struggles that businesses have with money is, is actually being transparent about it. It feels really disingenuous when people it just there's just an ick feeling about it, and if they feel ick, then you feel ick, and then there's just a whole lot of ick. <laughs> Let's just get that out there. It really does. It it's such a mindset game. The more you believe in a certain thing about it, the more the more it kind of comes true. It's, I am not worthy of anybody buying my thing, and then it's crickets. Well, if you're out there being really transparent about the good work you do and that you're worth the money that you charge, people respond really, really positively to that. Save it's, yourself a hell of a lot of time yeah. and energy. I don't even think it's the, if you say it, they will come. It's, if you say it, you will do the work to allow them to come. It's not you manifest this and all of a sudden you have 700 people wanting to work with you. It's because <laughs> where are they? The the moment you decide you're not worth a certain price is the moment you decide not to do the work to get there. 
you put yourself into a box of I'm not worthy of this. And when you do that, you don't do the work to get out of it. You just think, yep, okay, this is where I sit. This is what I think I deserve. And then you don't have that hard conversation with yourself and you don't do that hard work that's needed to get out of that. We've seen this so many times. We ask our clients, why are you charging that? Oh, cause, cause, cause. And they make up several excuses. But when we say, well, why aren't you charging that? They'll freeze. Oh, I can't, I can't charge that. When you truly believe that you don't deserve a certain price, it will never happen because you won't do the work to get there ever. And that's why mindset is such a massive part of business is because the way you talk to yourself is, is so important. What you say, what you don't say, what you believe in, what you don't believe in keeps you where you're at or allows you to level up. Think of all the times that we've said, oh, we can't do that or we can't do this, but we did it scared anyways. We wouldn't have done our programs at $7,500 if we would have believed the thoughts in our head that it's too much and we didn't deserve it, but we did it. And look at the awesome, the most incredible results that these women got from being a part of that program. Those thoughts, those money mindset beliefs of we don't believe we could charge $7,500 for a four-month program would have denied those women those results, would have denied those women the lives they're living now. And when you start to actually look at that instead of the dollar sign, to me, that makes me emotional thinking of all the women that went through your excellent adventure and them not being where they're at if they didn't go through it. You're right. And instead of, oh my God, what will somebody think of me when they see $7,500? That's the way you go to. People go to, what will somebody think of me when they see that number instead of, oh my God, what effect am I going to have on that person? There's such different ways. We challenge you to start. If you sit in there thinking of this today, sit down, pull out your prices and actually look at the work that you do. Look at the shitty feelings you feel when you get paid. Look at your bank statements. Get really clear on where money is coming in and going out. What situation you are in, as depressing as it might be, as hard as it might be, and sit and really, really think about how would it feel for you to be paid what you deeply, deeply want? Lastly, time and management. Ooh, and we have dipped into time. We will dip into time probably in every single podcast that we do for the rest of our lives. We talk a lot about what clients have brought before. And for me, it's that thing of, I, I just don't have enough time is such, I'm going to say, I'm really spicy. It's such a bullshit statement. I am a mom. I live a pretty privileged white lady life with a partner that is very supportive. I'm not going to say we all have the same amount of time because we all have different challenges and problems and all that kind of stuff. But actually looking at the time that you do have, if that's 30 minutes a day, what can I do with that time that mm. allows me to, to move forward slowly, whatever speed you end up moving forward in? But what can I do with that time when we disregard the amount of time we've got because it's not enough? If you wanted more than a 24-hour day, what would make better? 50 hours in a day? 70 hours in a day? We all have our different challenges and, and layers of juggles. But what time have you got and what are you doing with that time? Mm, That's a good question because we definitely disregard pockets of time. Say 20 minutes. You've got 20 minutes. 
you've got three, three times across your day of 20 minutes. That's what an hour, 24, God, terrible (laughs) math. You've got an hour a day to work on your business. Let's just say that. And they're in 20 minute increments. What work that is tied to your goals that you can do within that 20 minute timeframe. And this is what happens is you look at the big picture. You look at the big project. Let's go back to that example of online course that we want to create a six month online course. Holy shit. How can I work on a six month online course in 20 (laughs) minutes? It's learning how to utilize the time that you have with the work you need to do that can fit within the parameters of that time. We've got a six month online course as an example. What can we fit within those 20 minutes that is going to help us one step closer to having that big project done? What can we fit in that 20 minutes? Not looking at, oh my God, we have a massive course to do. I can't utilize any of that time. You've got 20 minutes. Can you do some research? Can you set up validation calls? Can you create part of a slide deck? Can you start writing the sales page? Can you start writing your email sequences? Can you name your online course? You have to start to think much smaller based on the time parameters you have. So if you do only have 20 minutes at a time, you're juggling kids or you've got another job or you've got quite a busy life, you have to make that time work for you. There are no more excuses of you don't have time because I see women with five children and two jobs having a side hustle and making it work. And I I see people who have the most extreme differences to me because I also am a privileged white lady with the most extreme differences to my life making shit happen. And what they've done is they've prioritized their time. They've prioritized what they're doing to make it work for them, not for anybody else. They're making it work for the time that they have available and not getting upset with themselves that they only have a specific amount of time. That conversation of feeling behind, oh, I'm behind, I'm behind, is not putting that pressure on your own shoulders. I'm going to give you a list now because massively related to time management is boundaries, boundaries for ourselves, but also the people who are around us. Here is a little list that you can mentally make a note of that absolutely are directly linked to time management. And if you've ever had this, you can nod along with us. People asking for work outside of the brief that you've given them, the back and forth, back and forth. Answering emails, back and forth, back and forth. Answering emails in, I love this one, in a restaurant of your favorite restaurant with your partner, lovingly out on a romantic evening and you're in the toilets looking at your emails. Time management is not playing a part in that evening, in that romantic evening. When people are late for meetings with payment, that that is a huge time suck, huge. Giving ourselves lots and lots of lists of things to do. Lots and lots of things. Oh, I really need this thing because it's very important. I'm such an important person with these (laughs) lists upon lists. I'm working for somebody else's work week. Trying to slot yourself in to either your partner's work week or your friend's work week or your employer's work. Some of the conversations that you have to have and lots of our clients have had to have. This is the way that I want to work now. And having to remind people that this is the way that you work. For example, somebody says, oh, I'd really love to see you on a Wednesday for a meeting. And you're like, no, no, I do meetings on a Monday afternoon. They've all gone. I'll have to wait another week. 
And yes, you will have to wait another week instead of, oh, go on, I'll just chuck another two meetings in on a Wednesday. That is not prioritizing time management for yourself. That is just allowing your boundaries to be broken, to be pushed, but also starting that cycle again instead Mm. of saying, no, 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 Monday afternoons is the day that I do it and you're going to have to wait. Some of these things are really uncomfortable and often painful, but boundaries are, they make life so much easier. And there are tools out there to allow you to do boundaries and make them easier. Oh no, sorry, my Calendly will only allow me to meet somebody on a Monday afternoon. Please refer back to the link. They can be very helpful. We'll definitely do an episode on boundaries later on because... It'll probably be a whole series on boundaries because they are important, they're impactful, but I think they're also very much misunderstood or a lot of people don't understand the importance of them because they've never had them. I think we'll have, we'll have some deep, deep and meaningfuls about those boundaries. We'll get spicy. We'll get spicy (laughs) around boundaries. Tell you that now. Wow. Okay. Huge, huge, huge episode today. Another huge episode. This one's a little bit longer than than average, but we covered a lot, a lot of work and just wanted to do a quick recap. The things that we see, not just in our clients, but also in ourselves, in business owners all around the world are these four struggles of not attaching the work that they're doing to goals or an end result, not setting up systems to take work off their plate and working on their money mindset to be able to not only charge what they're worth, but have conversations with money and then time management, setting those boundaries and making sure that the work that you're doing fits within the time parameters and that you give yourself permission to work in small chunks of time. Thanks for tuning in. And if you want to come and chat with us on Instagram, we're at JJ Excellent Adventure. And if you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so you can be informed of our next episode. See you soon. Bye. We currently have spots for our two-on-one private coaching. If you're wanting to explore, examine, and expand your business, then investing in yourself might be the first step. Come and find us on Instagram at JJ Excellent Adventure and flick us a friendly DM to start your journey with us.